All right, welcome to the Indie Flicks Podcast. This is Alan, your co-host, and I have three, count on one, two, three special guests here today. They're joining us in Indianapolis, uh, the PopCon Convention 2022 downtown, uh, but these guys came to my house, so I feel really special. So forget uh, the convention center. So we have, <laughs> we have Wesley Mullins, Leanne Johnson, and I'm sorry, Stephen, I'm going to mess it up again. Say their last name for me again. Paytech. Paytech. And they are all part of the uh, the awesome award-winning films, uh, Two Days to Slow the Spread. Two weeks. Two, that's what I said. Two <laughs> weeks <laughs> Two weeks to slow, slow the spread and M30 Oxy. Uh, welcome, Wesley. I appreciate you taking the time out. You having an award shows and your film is being shown at PopCon. So thank you so much for uh, joining me here. Thank you, Alan. And by the way, my middle name is Alan. So if we is it really we bond? Yes, exactly. How do so, you spell it? With two L's, not like you. A L L E N. So let's just jump right into it, Mister. Uh, so um, now you guys are in town for PopCon here in the beautiful downtown Indianapolis. You know, I got to throw that out there. Uh, you guys have a film that's accepted in the film festival. Uh, one producer was called, like I said, two weeks slow to spread, and. <clears throat> We've discussed this a couple episodes back, and then you also have the screenplay M30 Oxy, right? Yes. So, Two Weeks to Slow the Spread um, is available on YouTube right now? It is, and you're going to link to it in in this podcast, and I I suggest everyone stop the podcast right now, (laughs) go to the IndieFlix podcast, Mm -hmm. and click on the link and watch Two Weeks to Slow the Spread. If you listen to us talk about it before you watch it, you're going to have a few things spoiled. So go watch it now. Pause here. Come back and listen to it after you watch it because uh, you'll benefit by seeing it. Right, right, right. So we'll put it in the show notes here on all the uh, pages we have as well so you guys can go ahead and check it out. But if not, it's available on YouTube. It's called Two Weeks to Slow to Spread. Uh, Wesley Mullins, uh, excuse me, I really enjoyed the film. Thank you. Kells enjoyed the film. I know she did. Uh, we had a lot to talk about. If you yes. go back and listen to her. She, she, the, the, the podcast, when y'all talk about it, you can tell she has come armed with things she wants to talk about the world. Right, 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 right. So, yeah, she's, she's, all, she's, she's passionate about it. So it's, it's, it's good to create art mm-hmm. that you see someone react to it the way that she reacted to that film. So. Right, uh, it, it felt really good listening to y'all's podcast talk about these. And it's it's definitely uh, a conversation starter. You know, this is something that we need. You know, to create dialogue. You know what I mean? Because it's too much of people. They're they're allowing p- their differences to come between yep. each other. You know what I mean? Yep. You know what I mean? And and that's why this film is a perfect time for. Uh, I mean, everything. You know, dealing with the, the COVID and dealing with. All this other stuff. So, and before I go a little bit too far, tell us a little bit about Two Weeks to Slow. So, uh, let me first say, it's playing, it played today mm-hmm. in Indianapolis at the PopCon convention. We're nominated tomorrow night for two awards. Best, yeah. best story and best first time filmmaker. You and I were talking before this. Uh, yes, this is my first film. And so, they, they've nominated me in the category of best first time filmmaker. We have won three awards that I'm very proud of. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, the Tampa Bay Underground Film Festival. Nice. Um 
I believe they received 800 entries in short films. They played over 100 short films at their film festival, mm-hmm. and they awarded uh, Two Weeks to Spread the best screenplay that of all the awesome. short films. That is awesome, man. There is a wonderful film festival in West Virginia called the Care Awards. Mm-hmm. They had a specific category called Best Pandemic Film. So when I saw that, and it's West Virginia, and they have an idea of one, and I, I was like, if someone ever invented an award for us to submit to, it was the <laughs> West Virginia Care Awards for Best Pandemic Film. We won that. It was perfect timing. <laughs> and then probably my favorite film festival in the country is the Bare Bones uh, mm-hmm. Music and Film Festival in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. They borrow a lot from the music of Merle Haggard, which I like, Oki from Muskogee. It's all, it's, the branding oh, is all over their, their, their advertising. And... Uh, the film, uh, the filmmaker Robert Rodriguez, Dust Till Dawn, and El Mariachi, and all those films, the Spy Kids movies, they give the Robert Rodriguez Award at, nice. the, at the Bare Bones Film Festival. It's beautiful. It's a, it's a, it's a skull from uh, from a, a bull. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, it looks really nice. It's a, it's a, it's a great. But it's, it's also, it's in spirit. The person that 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 exemplifies the filmmaking of Robert Rodriguez. Right. I didn't win. We didn't win that. Uh, <laughs> but we won their best short. Uh, film category, right? The best short film category at the Bare Bones. That to me, that's uh, that's a pretty big accomplishment. But that is that is really dope for the fact that you won these awards, considering that this is your first film. Yeah, you know, and hats off to you guys, and and you too, Stephen, because you're yeah. the producer in this. So hats yeah. off to you guys for putting together a fantastic film. I, um, a key for the reason that I'm, that it's winning these awards is that I hired Stephen as a producer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cameron Beck was our DP. And then Austin Yerta, Yerta. Yerta it was our sound guy. And they are the their experience on the set is so much higher. Right. So uh so I had people that were um that kind of allowed all of the 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 flaws that I had in that I didn't understand exactly what I was doing. I had people on set that, that allowed that would fill those gaps for me. Right. And so the finished product was so much better than if me and the producer and the DP and the sound guy and also our our gaffer junior yeah. is just was mm-hmm. just phenomenal. So all of those people, if they all had had the same level that I had, mm-hmm. we would not have a very good movie. Right. So I was able to you know leverage the the expertise of other people, and it's 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 paid off well. Yeah. So uh, one of the filmmakers I just interviewed a couple of weeks ago, he's going to be on in a week or two. Uh, his name is Demetrius Witherspoon, and he created the Submerge Universe and things like that. So uh, I've always he and I always talk, and he told me this quote maybe three, four, five years ago. And he said, always surround yourself with people who know more than you. Yep. And obviously you did that. And that's how you made this awesome film. And that's why it keeps winning awards. And I really, I, I cannot stress enough people, definitely watch this film. Not just because we're cool, <laughs> not because we're friends. It's the fact that there's so many, the film has so many layers. You know, like 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 Hells and I was talking about a couple of weeks ago, Shrek. You know, and, and, and Donkey was talking about you know, Parfait got layers. You know, so this movie has layers, and it has so many <clears throat> thought provoking, conversation provoking uh, uh, ideas and everything that we definitely need to uh, talk about. Open up a dialogue and talk about this. So, like like I said, tell us a little bit about Two Weeks of Slow to Spread. Okay, uh, it's. It's it's a story of a couple that live in Chicago at the beginning of COVID. Mm-hmm. They decide to move to Kentucky for what they think is two weeks. If you remember what it was like during yeah, COVID at the beginning, buddy. we kept saying, hey, if everybody just takes it easy for two weeks, yep. we don't associate with anybody, 
this thing will, will it, it, the, the spread will go away and then we can all go back to normal. So the movie starts with this couple having done that and that they set, decided the best thing for them to do is leave Chicago and go to the farmhouse that used to be mm -hmm. occupied by the husband's father who, who had passed away recently. So there's this empty farmhouse in Kentucky that they think, hey, we're going to go on a two-week vacation from Chicago to Kentucky. <laughs> we're going to ride out this pandemic. And in two weeks, we'll go back to Chicago, and life's going to go back to normal. Yeah. Anybody that was around in 2020 <laughs> know that that did not happen. Did not happen. Every time that we decided that it was almost over, it just kept going and yep. kept going. Yep. So in their story, two weeks turns into a couple months. Then it turns into several months. We we do this where we we go through the seasons by yeah. showing. Uh, Stephen bought this uh, these these video clips you can get online because I was going to yeah. ask like how in the world <laughs> did y'all get that you know, get all that snow and then get it to, yeah. to to melt like you did and everything. We else. shot everything in July in eighty degree weather, <laughs> but there is a whole lot of fall. There's a whole lot of harvesting pumpkins. Right. There's a whole lot of snow. There's a whole lot of snow melting. All of that is Stephen bought all that stuff on. What's the, do you, do you remember the, um, it was, uh, probably art, art grid or something in that. Nature. Yeah. So there's several places online that you can just pay a hundred bucks here, a couple right. hundred bucks there. And yeah. you can buy, you can buy clips that then allow you to tell a story bigger than what you, what the tools you have in front of you. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. And you guys used it perfectly. You know what I mean? I, I was talking to, uh, this cat maybe two, three weeks ago and, um, he sent me his trailer uh, teaser trailer, I want to say, to a film that he's trying to get produced and everything else. And anybody, I tell everybody this, if you send me a script, a movie, whatever you're going to send me, just be ready for the truth. Yeah. I'm not going to sugarcoat nothing because I don't want nobody to do that to me. I don't surround myself with yes men. I don't want yes men. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Tell me the truth. And so I told him, I said, be prepared for the truth. So he sent it to me. I watched it. I said, number one, <laughs> Your footage has to match the <laughs> the clips that you're gonna put in. If you're gonna use stock footage, that's fine. I don't have no beef yeah. with that. But make it, match. make it match. So that's why I didn't know that you guys use stock footage yeah. because it matched and and it flowed perfectly. That clip of a woodpecker that Stevens got that that woodpecker I think really does live on my farm. Like it looks exactly like this one that wakes me up all the time, and it's on a pine tree just like on my farm. And there's the snow behind it and then I, I will say i asked my mom for help on one thing the snow that's melting and those are crocuses that it's melting around okay i sent that clip to her and i said will you validate that this type of crocus comes up in kentucky around the time that the snow's melting right and she you know she did her little research and she she come back and said yes that that works because if you don't have, if you don't do that homework, mm -hmm. you're liable to put something in there that's only yep. native to Peru, mm -hmm. and you've yep. got it in your movie, and somebody's going to watch it and say that doesn't look that right. That doesn't look right. Yep. Like, where, where in the world that come from? Where that doesn't? You're absolutely right. You know. Oh, hey, and people will just randomly just to eat you alive, just to call you out yep. and, and stuff like that. Little things like that pisses me off. But <laughs> the fact that you know you guys got the right footage and everything else, and it matched. So I appreciate that as a filmmaker, as a viewer, period. You know, the fact that y'all did go that extra mile and make sure it looked good. And the little girl, like, so a child gets born in the time that they're there. Mm -hmm. When it's the little girl, that's my neighbor's daughter. Really? That's So that's a real child. In, and that's your vehicle that they're in. Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it's Stephen's vehicle. We put a baby seat in it. And the, the neighbor brought their child up. 
and we shot them for like 20 minutes and then they, they went back home. But the baby in the crib is another stock footage video that we found online. Really? So yeah. See? And I, so I've had people ask, they were like, we know you shot this in one week. How did that baby grow up from a, a newborn to a one-year-old? And I said, it's movie magic. Movie magic? magic? Yes, that's I was going to hope you would say that. Movie magic. It's all the growth hormone in the, you know, yeah. all the it's all that growth hormone. It's all that growth. That's that yeah. farm food. That's yeah. what that is. That's that farm food. Uh, when the pandemic happened, because, you know, I make horror films and people always come to me asking me, you know, uh, wanted to make horror films that circled around the pandemic and stuff mm -hmm. like that uh, and about the virus and stuff. And it's always about zombies, yeah. you know, and, and <laughs> I am not much of a zombie. As you guys can see, I love yeah. horror films, yeah. Yeah. but I'm just not much of a zombie fan. I'm not saying I'm not. It's something like 28 weeks and 28 days later. I like those oh, yeah. World War Z and stuff like that, but I'm not much of a zombie fan, but so I really enjoyed you guys' story because how y'all used the pandemic, it wasn't in a horror style, but yet it was a drama. And you guys brought it to life, like I said, to create dialogue. So that's that's why you guys keep winning <laughs> awards. Now, are you sending it to more film festivals? Well, let's, let's talk about what you, what you just said there uh, about the zombies and all that. Mm. Uh, I, and I, a lot of the CARE Awards, the other nominees for that category that we won in the CARE Awards... They took that approach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was something, and I, I, the best play that I that I had when I was in California was called Quarantine, and it was about the Ebola virus, and it right. was the same type of that. You you were able to play with it because it, Ebola was out there, but we mm -hmm. all weren't afraid of it. Right. I don't think anybody should be dealing with COVID in such a careless such way. Yeah. Audiences are not ready for horror movies about COVID. They're not ready for. For anything that that diminishes what all we went through, exactly. And so exactly, when right. I when when I sat down to make this story, I wanted to deal with the fact that our country had gone through all this together, mm -hmm. and there was enough bad news out there. Exactly. And so that right. that I said when I if I'm going to make a COVID uh, movie, it's going to be it's going to leave people with a certain amount of hope that mm -hmm. they that we all mm -hmm. lost during the during during the, the and the. The mistake that it, the one of the mistakes that we made was that we thought COVID was over in the summer. Right. When, when, we, when we made the movie, we thought it was it was done yeah. because last summer it 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 was down to like there was only a few new cases here and there, and so we make and the the end of our movie kind of suggests that COVID is over too. Right. But then, man, it came roaring back in the fall, yep. and so uh, so yeah, we even joked when we met the cast recently. They were like, "We need to do a, a sequel oh, now yeah. because they're going through it all again." <laughs> hey, don't kid about that because it, it, it didn't. I love how it ends where you could possibly segue into one, yeah. you know, but at the same time, it still could be a standalone film, you know what I mean? Right. So, yeah, and, and speaking of that, so outside of dealing with the COVID and everything else, dealing with this movie, what other roadblocks did you guys face while filming? The, the biggest roadblock is that to get to my farm, you have to go to where civilization ends and then go another half hour. Past <laughs> this, is, this is the part where I jump in. I'm yeah. like, let me tell you about the roadblock. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So it's, we, we have, oh, yeah, as the producer, you yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we had to get all of these people that we wanted in the film to the farm. Right. And there no. are no hotels. Yeah. There's, mm -hmm. there, there, there is the infrastructure 
to be a filmmaker in Frenchburg, Kentucky is just not there. So most of the people that, that were there on the farm shooting come, were coming several hours away. So gotcha. our costs, the, the, the percentage of our costs that just had to deal with the fact that people had to come a long way was, was real high. Right. That's a big obstacle. What else? Well, I mean, you know, five five minutes before you get to your farm, you lose all, all connections. So it's right. like coming over the hill, and I had to make sure. So basically, you know, I had to make sure that everybody kind of got that, that notification. Hey, by the way, you're going to want to follow this path five minutes. Just everybody, just be aware. When you come over this last hill, you're right, going right, right. to go through kind of a straight and then yep. stay stay on the straight, veer left. That's all you got to do. It's, right, it's, right, it's, right. it's very simple, but... You know, some people. Eh, you know. It's kind of sort of how we was trying to lead Lee in here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Right. Like, well, wait a minute. Uh, yeah, you got to go past. I don't know. I'm sorry. I don't know why GVS told you to go to the office. Yeah. So that that hill that Stephen's talking about is probably ten minutes from my farm. Okay. Gotcha. And you have to make a leap of faith when you <laughs> go over that hill. It's 1965. <laughs> Cell phones don't work. It, it, it jumps a little bit. Yeah, and, then, I mean, and when it comes back in, you get so excited. It's like, I'm, I'm connected to civilization again. Right, right, right. So, but yeah, you have these people that had never been, never had been east of Mount Sterling. Mm -hmm. uh, and so they're going into uh, Appalachia for the first time. Right. And the first thing that happens is their phone stops working when they go over the hill 10 minutes for the... So yeah, that that's scary to people that are that are going somewhere that they're not used to. And first, that's that's true. When we first met, the uh, the turkey scenario that took place, you know, being careful of, you know, okay, don't wear blue, don't wear red. Right? Really? When I first went location scouting, I, I thought it was going to be more of an issue, but um, I I, well, I wore my I wore my wildcat blue hat and something that people you know if you're not familiarized with um and you know i don't want, I want leslie to feel down about the seeds like we had a good laugh about it after we figured it out but yeah the, the whole time um, he was there I on the farm for the first time wearing this blue hat, you know taking you know sun notes location notes and there's this turkey on the other side of the fence it's uh -huh. it's, it's i don't know there's a there's a way of describing the noise it was like oof, oof, uh -huh. like like aggression maybe I don't, yeah well it was because, Easy, yeah. uh, when, when you wear when you were Red or blue around a turkey, you know, an alpha male turkey thinks you're trying to steal his girlfriends. I oh, didn't wow. know that at first. So, huh. you know, I'm sitting there on the bench right in front of the tree. And, you know, if you watch the movie, you're going to see that there is a scene where with a tree and a bench. I'm sitting there on the bench. The turkey's sitting there eyeballing me <laughs> right, through the, right through the fence. And I, and I moved over. I'm like, well, that's kind of weird. So, it follows me. <laughs> you want me, bro? You want me? Come exactly. In. That's, in in, in turkey want, language, he was... He was uh, he was calling Stephen out. Oh man! And so I take my hat off and I toss it, and he chases. I'm like, oh, he, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, he's he's mad at you. He, it, blue is a color of progression with turkey. So we got to make sure that anybody on set. I didn't know he was going to put him up at the time. Right, right. Just, I'm thinking, okay, notes to keep in mind for people on set. You know, what, no blue and no red. Just, all these things you have to think about. You know, in terms of production and safety. And, yeah. Day one we got started. The production we had to flip around the entire schedule. Uh, we had planned for an inside shot. There's um, there's a very very long scene that takes place. I don't want to give anything away, but the inside scene we had to switch it to outside mm -hmm. or outside to inside because rain came and we had okay so you know, oh. rain's coming and we've got we got one hour to, uh, to mm. work with this little girl that he brought you know that uh, we brought this right up. okay we got no other time to work with her so it's like take the entire agenda. And one idiot. So everybody outside, yeah. everybody outside. Everybody outside. <laughs> so we're, we're moving stuff outside. We're setting up all this stuff. It's like time's ticking away. We got this much time left. By the time we get everything set up, we get the DP out there. We get 
the gaffer, the sound, everybody's set up, ready to go. Right. You know, we've got this many minutes to go. <laughs> How many takes can we get? Right, right, right. So I think we ended up with, we. I mean, I'm, I'm always pushing for more takes, which, of you know, on, on, on set, everybody's kind of like, <laughs> give me the snake eye. I'm used well, to yeah, it now. We're going to do two more. It's so. like, if, if I've got, if I can punch through this much time, get this many takes, we'll mm-hmm. get more. You know, if we can get three to five, I'm happy. We can do right. it. We can do it. Um, Did baby cooperate? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, she was great. Yeah, it was. It was just a matter of like, okay, you know, get set up, cameras going this way, uh-huh. action, go. You know, right. and you got out of this many takes. Okay, five takes, two are great, and one lines up the way we really need it to. So cool, we got of that course. done. Um, and there are, I mean, there's impromptu stuff that takes place. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I don't want to again. It, it's it's very hard for me. To speak to without spoiling anything. Without saying, uh-huh. There is one scene that it, it, there's actually a handful that I, I, I had trouble with uh, with just cutting out all this beautiful material that in the background <laughs> it's like seconds I, I let things trail on. Oh yeah, when the absolutely. scenes taking place just to see like what's going to naturally happen. Mm-hmm. So you know there's um there's a scene that we have post credits that we add just for funsies. You know, just because oh, we let yeah. it trail. What, 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 oh, what's yeah. the town going to do naturally? Um, <laughs> but there's just this awesome impromptu thing about after one of the first interactions and something that wasn't scripted, um, one of the, the, the lead actress, Abby Vanandel. Mm-hmm. Abby Van Andel. She, she will, she'll strangle me for saying her name wrong again. But, <laughs> again. Uh, Abby, Abby Van Andel, she does this, this very subtle impromptu thing and it just it makes the scene and it's just so damn funny. And see, that's stuff like that. Just like you said, that's as a filmmaker myself, yeah. that's exactly what I do. Uh, just let it keep rolling. Yeah. People get mad because I, I, I would I would do it as a joke, but at the same time, it's oh, yeah. like we can use this. Yeah. You know, I, like there's one movie I was doing, and they were supposed to keep going down the street and then turn it. I was supposed to say cut, and then they can come back. Mm-hmm. I just let them go because you never know. Like you just said, you never know what's going to happen. Yeah, you know exactly. what I mean? And then they, next thing you know, I see them peeking around the corner, like, okay, you can come back. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, this is Johnny. And this is Mandy. From Brother Brother Beercast. That's right. We are your premier podcast in arts and entertainment. So whether you want to hear about the arts and entertainment in Indianapolis or you want to be a part of the show, check us out at brotherbrotherbeercast.com. You're listening to Indie Flicks with Kells and Wheels. We're talking to Wesley Mullins, uh, writer. You host the writer as well, right? Yes. And two weeks of slow to spread the award-winning film that you guys definitely going to have to check out. For those who haven't seen the film yet, what character, actor, or actress would blow people away? The 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 obvious answer here: two cows in the movie called Jim and Meatball. <laughs> yes. Steal yes. the film. And they hit their cue. Uh, it's amazing. They have they have this wonderful scene where they run into the shot, and there's it's framed perfectly. <laughs> and Stephen said, "Because I'm on a tractor." Uh-huh. And Stephen said, "How many times can you run them through here?" And I said, "One," because it was like 90 <laughs> degrees that day. They were they were laying in the shade. I said, "It'll be hard for me to get them up one time." Yeah, and I, I said, well, "I run them through there. We got to get the shot. You got to get and, it." And he's like, "What if they run the wrong way?" And I said, "We just need to get the best that we can get out of them." Yeah, and they run. They exactly <laughs> and s- slow down when they get in the frame. Oh, yeah. 
and their heads come up and it's just like I, I I don't know I don't know how maybe they've had training that I don't right, know right. they they know what we're doing <laughs> then they're gonna need the old yeah. trailer now so and then <laughs> characters kind of uh, audiences I've seen it played several times they they look they laugh at the right things with the cows <laughs> mm-hmm. when the cows go away they're sad when the cows right. go away you and and cows mm-hmm. devastating mm-hmm. you all talk on your podcast a long time. About how devastating it is to watch those cows go away, and uh, Zach, the actor, uh, I'm not sure how much is acting there because he understood that after we were done filming, they mm-hmm. would really be going away, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Do they really have to? Can't they just live here forever?" Right? And, and, he yeah. didn't develop a relationship yeah. with them, named them, yeah. and once you once you name them, it's a wrap. Yeah, you know and. It's a fact that so I, I've been to several farms. Like my man John Woodruff, uh, he's out in California, but his parents are in uh, uh, Ohio, and I got to go sit down and talk with him on this beautiful farm. And they have the horses and everything. I mean, all the same type of animals. And yes, absolutely, they're like pets. They're not, yep. you know, for food and everything. So it's you develop that, you know, relationship with them and stuff like this. So how you said production was about a week? You said three days total. Wow. So we we had four days, but the people from Louisville didn't get there <laughs> till the middle of the first day, and then on the fourth day they all wanted to go back home middle middle way through. So mm-hmm. we had three full days of shooting. Our film is thirty minutes long. You yep. find me anybody that that's averaging ten minutes. Of quality filmmaking per day, yeah. we knocked it out, and so we're, that's the thing I'm most proud of. There's a lot of things about the movie that I wish we'd had four or five more days mm-hmm. to set up some more shots, uh, right. to, just to give some uh, variety of some things because we really just had to. Uh, if there's three people in a scene, shoot mm-hmm. you, shoot me, shoot him, and then boom, go to the next thing. Right. We didn't get a chance to marinate in the scenery the way that that I really right. would have liked to. But you know, if you don't have money and 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 you do, and the people are having to come two hours away, one of our actors mm-hmm. was in was doing the Shakespeare play oh, yeah. uh, at the time. There, it, we, I didn't know there was such a thing as the Louisville Shakespeare Festival huh. when I set the dates, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden these people are saying I can be in it, but I'm also and so we had to work around those <laughs> work schedules. Around yeah, uh, and that's Louisville. <clears throat> my farm is not a short drive, so right. you know there was just these limitations because of you know uh, because of that that we had to overcome. Yeah, I totally, totally get that. Like, we're trying to uh, do a schedule now for my short called Eyes Without a Face. Uh, we're trying to get everybody's schedule together now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, scheduling to me is just one of those things that... Uh, but Christy DeBuehler, uh, if you guys don't know her, she's really awesome, and she's handling like a champ. I'm like, thank you so much, because I don't want to do that. Well, I gotta get a down now. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, Christy DeBuehler. She's a fantastic production manager. She's uh, she can be a producer. She's fantastic. Definitely check her out. Um, what was your favorite day on set? So, <laughs> I'll just say this, and this this is a issue that's a little hard for me to talk about. Mm-hmm. In that the day, the first day that we shot was the one year anniversary of my dad's funeral. Oh no! So July twelfth. 2020 is the day of my dad's funeral. Right. July 12th, 2021, first day, first scene, all this stuff Stephen was talking about, about these things that the rain came and we had to do all this. And so all day as I'm checking my uh, social media, mm-hmm. I'm seeing these people say, reminding. You one know, year later. Uh, you know, yeah. uh, uh, thinking about you one year later, uh, you know, and 
my dad played such a big part in the farm that that is the setting of two weeks to sow the spread. Mm-hmm. And so there I am in this location that he really, it was like his baby right. for four years. He The farm. Uh, the farm. Mm-hmm. He, at, at best, I would have been an assistant to him on on building all the stuff. Yeah, I, I have helped put up the fence. I helped put up the barn. But my dad knew how to do all that stuff right. and did it. And, you know, when we were putting the roof on the barn, <clears throat> it was, Wesley, go get the <laughs> go get the metal. That was my job, was go get the metal. Then he was up on the roof, right. you know, putting the metal down. And so it... It was an overwhelming day to oh, be man. going through that of uh, this thing that I really didn't know what I was doing. I had all these people, like I said earlier, that I hired that did know what they were doing, but mm-hmm. it still it was a it was a a, a a process that I wasn't prepared for, and it landed on this day that whenever you lose somebody, you go through that year yep. of anniversaries. People talk about it all the time, yep. and you get to that day and you realize that it's just not going to stop. It's mm-hmm. just, you, the, the loss is always going to be there. And so there were things happened that day. A, a, a part of my uh, steps on the, the front porch fell off. And I'm like, my dad is the person I'm supposed to call. Him. And like, he's yeah. right there. And mm-hmm. and uh, when we had to move the cows, I jumped on the tractor. and, and But like <laughs> somehow my dad would have just been able to do it. And uh, yeah. he would be like a, the cow whisperer. They would have done right. whatever he wanted. And so I, it was a tremendous void in my life that day mm-hmm. but I also felt like that I was doing something so good uh in that the world needed to hear this story yeah. and it also the world needed to be exposed to this beautiful project that my dad made exactly that he built this farm and he created this it. living work of art right. that then allowed me to get in there and 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 tell this story in it and so yeah that July I don't know what I'm be doing July 12th <laughs> of this year, but I've had two July 12th in a row that were that were pretty big days. Yeah, so I mean, from watching the film, looking at the footage, that is a beautiful farm, and hopefully, I will be able to use it for my film. <laughs> I'm just putting that oh, out there. there. Right there. Man, I'm just putting that out there, just so you know. <laughs> do you have a favorite? Uh, any one of you guys? Do you have a favorite scene or line from the film? You know, there's. Going back through the entire the entire production in my mind, it's still one of still one of my God, and I and I, and I don't want to dis, you know disrupt anything, but there is, <laughs> and it's so you know it's so hard to uh, to kind of talk about something if if the fans. So this would be the point where people have watched it, correct? So they yeah, say, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. So there's there's this scene. We're going to assume everybody yeah, watched it. We're going to assume you watched this already. If you so, hadn't, shame on you. You one, need to go over there and watch it. One of my favorite scenes is just that. Is the is the dynamic of the, that the couple go through, especially the political one, when Arthur, after he blows the snow, he comes inside, he gets a cup of coffee, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. and it's just that awkward, like because I've experienced that in my own, you know, variations in my own family, yeah, you know, and uh, yeah. me and my wife come from, you know, our families are on opposite sides of the political spectrum, and that's just how it is, right? And most. People are experiencing that, and I mm-hmm. felt a very high connection to that entire that entire situation. Like you know, when I when I watched that, and I was looking at it post production, I thought to myself, you know, me and Cameron were on this process, going, this has to be as real as possible, right? Because you know? there's there's mm-hmm. extra emphasis that we wanted to pay uh, into the looks that uh, Landon and Tilly are giving each other. Yep. Yep. Just that that subtleness. You know, when you, when you mix gestures, there's silent gestures, they're, they're back and forth. Yeah. You know, and you can, you can really see what he's saying, 
are you serious? Are you going there? Right. She throws you know, she throws in that insurrection joke and then it's like, oh shit. Oh shit. Uh, you know, my, my folks got my, my my folks gotta laugh at that, you know. Yeah. Her folks watch it like, oh that's funny. Yeah. And so, you know, so when both sides of the bar can get a laugh at the same yeah. oh shit. Yeah, I saw uh, I was watching this video earlier today from Studio Binder and that was part of the that when they were saying when you can talk with your 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 eyes. Yeah. Talk with your, your you know your not a conversation, but pretty much your have that understanding when you give somebody that look and things like that. And mm-hmm. and, and mind you, you guys capture all of their looks and reactions. You know, great, especially with the shots, the the compositions and things like that that y'all chose. You know, it really brought that stuff out because sometimes, unfortunately, this is why I applaud you for being a first time filmmaker and you did this. A lot of people. You know, I've seen some films where it's an emotional scene Mm -hmm. and I'm sitting there looking like, man, if you would have just lowered the camera and brought it in just a little more, you would have really captured that emotion. But you guys really did that. So, yeah, like I said, as a first time filmmaker, I applaud you for that. Well, it's not hard with Zach and Abby uh, that played Landon and Tilly. So when we set the shot up on them, we would run the whole scene with, you know, shooting on them. And they're acting when they weren't speaking. Yeah. It's some of the best work that they mm-hmm. did. So then to edit that back with them throwing them looks to each other in the scene that Stephen's talking about, mm-hmm. it's it's right, it's all on the film. Like they, they put it on film. <laughs> we, we we just put it in the movie. And so I, I love when Zach, uh, who plays Landon, when he's when he he's asking her, Why did you do that? And but he doesn't actually say it yeah. after mm-hmm. she brings up the which that scene plays. I've seen it now, I guess, four times with the crowd, and that they people love that how uncomfortable it is that she brought up the insurrection mm-hmm. in the in their kitchen with this guy that just plowed the snow for them, and she's basically accusing him of being uh, uh, yeah. uh, trying to bring the government down. And so, and, and and I love the fact of all the the dynamics, and that's the beautiful part about the whole film from the writing and the direction from the beginning. You see the change. And dynamics and everybody, you know, mm-hmm. uh, that's how it's supposed to be in a film. You know, I, and I was is back to Studio Binder. I'm doing some research and stuff, and uh, on writing and creating a good villain or hero. Mm-hmm. And they want to. They was talking about Thanos, and they were saying how they were being funny, but they were saying is Thanos the hero in uh, Avengers? But obviously, it's not. But how they portrayed, or I guess how they wrote it. You know, you had his story arc. You know what I mean? You really didn't have everybody else's, but you had his. And how the change from the beginning to the end. And that's exactly how you see your characters yeah. in this movie, how they start out. And and, and I hope I'm not spoiling it and, and, and giving too much. But how they start out to how they end, man. That, mm-hmm. that I really, really enjoyed this yeah. film. And I'm not, like I said, I'm not just saying this because you're a friend of mine. Man, dude, this movie is all that. And I just... Highly encourage people to see this. We weren't friends before I made the film, though, so there's a certain validity there. Like, all right, all right. You, so, didn't, you didn't have to say you like this movie. It brings like-minded people together, and in, in yeah, a, in a, you know, the creative arts bring people together in a much different fashion as opposed to any other. Because we're we're kindred spirits. We're after right. we want to create visual art, and I was you know I was almost thinking, I was thinking back on the uh, the scenes Zach's pitching through the cabinets. Yeah. And the hidden baby in the, yeah. <laughs> in the cabinet. So we have one good, we've got one good Easter egg. Uh-oh. Uh, so, oh uh, <laughs> so as I said earlier, everybody, movie magic, 
there, the infant newborn baby is video footage. There's never anything in that. That's a, ba- that's yeah. a bassinet, not a crib, bro. That's a bassinet. Bas- yeah. okay. okay. There's nothing ever in that bassinet. Uh, nothing living. But occasionally right. we would put this baby doll in there so that you could see the shadow and the, yeah. the right, way it would work. Right. Okay. When the. <laughs> When it wasn't in the scene, I kept it in my kitchen cabinet. So so it could be out of the little way. Because my house is small, there's not a a lot of places to put a big baby doll that size. So when Zach is looking for the olive oil, for the pasty butt, for the chickens, and he starts going through the cabinets, you can see what looks like a baby in the cabinets. And he doesn't stop. There's no logical reason for there to be a baby in the cabinets. But there is. And we shot it not th- like we the, the first time we went through, he stopped and, and he's like, Oh, there's a baby in the cabinet. And we were like, That's fine, they won't see it. And then when we got the edit, we were like, Oh, you do see it. So yeah. oh, wait a minute, you can't oh, you now can, I'm gonna have to go back so and you see can it. see it's I like it's our three men and a baby moment. Yeah, that, that if you slow down <laughs> when Zach looks above the refrigerator, right. he's there there and it is the it looks Take creepy. Leah's over here cracking it up. It looks like <laughs> Take one. That was one yeah. we did like five takes on it. Take one. He opens up. He's going the other way. He goes, oh, dead baby. That's baby. <laughs> what? Yeah, see, this is the stuff you got to create yeah. an actual, like, real or behind the scenes yeah. as a separate video to put on YouTube so we can check that out. Yeah, rather than one of us saying, let's just be safe, remove the baby from the cabinet, yeah. put it no. somewhere else in the house. We just said, we, we won't get it in the shot. Yeah, well, we've got it in the shot. And oh, it's, yeah, it's leave the baby in there. That's yeah. hilarious. Yeah, that's not going to work. That don't matter, right? So, yeah, so everybody on YouTube, uh, when you go watch this movie, uh, when you go to YouTube and watch this movie, <laughs> call out the timestamp. This oh, it, yeah. It's a nine minutes, 30 seconds, whatever it is. Tell people to go find the the, 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 the ghost baby, <laughs> the baby in, the in the cabinet. Now you guys going to be an urban legend. Yeah. <laughs> Two weeks of slow to spread is now. It, you say it played today. Played today. It played today at the PopCon, uh, and also at the same time, like I said, as this is airing, it is available to watch on YouTube. Leanne, get over here so we can talk to you. All right, so hold on. Let's. Uh, so Stephen's going away. Uh, I just will say that. Uh, so Stephen is was the producer on Two Weeks Slow Spread. He's also going to be the producer on M Thirty Oxy, the one that, nice. that Leanne and I are going to say. Okay. And, and, and let me give a pitch here. In that I did not know anything about filmmaking. Uh, and I saw this. Uh, Stephen had posted this ad in the Kentucky Filmmaking Group and said, hey, I want to be part of whatever project that you're working on. And the fact that I reached out to him, uh-huh. he then hired Cameron, he then hired Austin, he then hired uh, Junior because, uh, because I'm sorry, he allowed me to hire those people because right. he made the connection. Right. So all those people that I was talking about earlier mm-hmm. that that uh, had the expertise on the film that I didn't have was because uh, my first choice was to get Steven on as a producer. So I will pitch him to everyone out there. Yes. If you are in the same spot, if you're a person who always said, hey, I would like to make a movie, but I don't know where to begin, find Steven or find someone like Steven that will be the person that can, can that can guide you through that. Yep. If you're a natural storyteller and you think film is a good medium for you, mm-hmm. but you don't know how to get started, there are people out there that will help you transfer your story onto the screen. Yep. And there is nothing more satisfying than sitting in an audience and watching people laugh at a joke in a movie <laughs> that you made. Right. Uh, uh, that you know, that that 
that started from an idea that you had a long time ago. Exactly. So, so that's my pitch for Stephen, and he's he's getting ready to change seats with wow. Leanne. Thank you. And that's really awesome because there's like we said, you know, surround yourself with people who know more than you. Yep. So thank you, Stephen. Yeah, thank you guys for being on. Plus, you want to tag out, right. tag Leanne in. Leanne's coming in. Actually, <laughs> we'll figure it out. Leanne Johnson, ladies and gentlemen, who I actually had the pleasure of talking to a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we talked to her on, on on Zoom. Unfortunately, it wasn't in the office here. Yeah, yeah. But you know, Zoom could be a butt munch sometimes. But <laughs> luckily, you had good audio. So thank you for that. You're welcome, <laughs> of course. And you guys are working on a film called M30 Oxy, right? Correct. Along with Stephen. Uh, now, uh, you and Leanne wrote it together, correct? Correct. So, uh, can you tell us a little bit about the film? And like I said, it's been accepted at the PopCon and the screen, uh, screenwriting competition, which is really awesome. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about the film? Where did the concept come from? So, there's a there's a film, uh, uh, and I, I can never get the name of the director correct. Uh, uh, I think he did that space movie with George Clooney. Uh, gravity. Gravity. Because yeah, I know it's like one yeah. word. I just couldn't yeah. remember yes. what it was. And I've tossed it around several different ways, and and eventually I landed on the idea of opioids. How opioids can can uh, affect people in different ways in, right. in Appalachia. And without getting into too much of this, <laughs> I have a contact with somebody who works in drug enforcement in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for the past several years, I just talk to this person all the time, and they feed me these fab. Talk to your local drug enforcement person. Just say, hey, tell me the most interesting thing that's happened to you in the last six months. Right. The stories these people tell. Uh-huh. So he's told me all these stories over and over, and three of them really responded. They, they, they impacted me. I responded well to, to three of them particularly. And so then I started fictionalizing them because that's the way mm-hmm. that's the way we all do in life. Oh, of Something really happens and you tell somebody about it. <laughs> you know, if I st- if I tweak this here and instead of it was my, my mom, it was uh, it was my aunt. It, this story would be funnier uh, if I said it that way. So these three real stories that this drug enforcement person in Kentucky has told me, I've massaged over the years, right? And 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 come up to this story in Thirty Oxy. That's that's about these three people that are affected by opioids in different ways gotcha. and how they all intersect in with the main uh, drug lords in the county. Okay. Yeah, uh, should I speak so, specifically about the three stories? Yeah, you can. So it's, it's not a anthology film. It's just three different, like they're three different perspectives, but they, they intersect. Yes. And originally, when uh, Wes and I started collaborating, my ideas were crazy. And <laughs> we <laughs> like was crazy. more grounded. Exactly. He's like, so it's going to be a low budget feature. And I was like, I'll play all three women. I'll just be three <laughs> different characters. I know this is totally possible. I could be, you know, this person, this person, this person. And he's like, Okay, thanks for the ideas. Um, and that's really how it's been riffing off each other in terms of screenwriting is that um, one of the wonderful things about working with Wesley is he's always going to listen to the ideas right, that he right. have, which in, as a writer is phenomenal because once somebody is willing to listen to your ideas and is embracing the potential of it, mm-hmm. as, as outrageous as it is, it, it frees you up in a judgment-free zone where you can um, just mm-hmm. go and reach for those craziest, wildest concepts. <laughs> and that's how a lot of these characters in, uh, ended up having a lot of richness and depth and many layers to, the, um, to their narratives uh, because we were able to collaborate and communicate 
um, so openly and freely with over this nine month process. So right. it started with, you know, he, he, I don't know if Wesley really knew what he was getting into <laughs> when he asked me to come on board, but yeah, it's been fantastic. I really respect yeah. him for the, so, so yeah, so let's, let's back up just a little bit. So, go. so we had these three, <laughs> I had these three, this idea for these three stories, but as she's saying, I didn't have them develop very well. Right. I, I basically had this pitch of these uh, one is a nurse mm-hmm. who's uh, who got caught going home from work with some drugs in her that that in her car that she didn't have a prescription for. Okay. Now there's a drug dealer who got behind on his payment, so he's 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 trying to figure out ways to 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 keep from getting killed by the drug lords. And then the third is a couple that lost their uh, jobs because of COVID, and now mm-hmm. they they're turning to the the the, the drugs uh, as a way to mm-hmm. supplement nice. that income. Mm-hmm. So okay. yeah. when I pitched it to her, I was like, "That's kind of where I'm at." Right, and then Leanne uh, and I said, and so uh, we agreed to, to to write it together. And then her ideas, and this is, I think, this is real important, is she really wanted to humanize the characters, gotcha. and that she yeah. she said, and I I don't watch films the way that a lot of people watch mm-hmm. films. And so as she was talking to me about something <clears throat> that she just read or something that she watched, and she didn't like it, she said there is no entry point into that story for me. Yeah. Right, and so when she said that, the next time that we talked about our stuff, uh, I said, "You you mentioned that entry point thing. What's the entry point of mm-hmm. these characters?" She said, well, "I'm glad you asked <laughs> because <laughs> well, let's just be like, well, they don't really have them right now, but I have some ideas about right. the way that they can." So so she was able to grow those three stories into fully developed right. uh, ways for our audience to get in and to, to sympathize, especially. Exactly. Even though our characters make bad decisions, mm-hmm. uh, they still are, are people that our audience is going to be rooting for. They have a motivation they, behind yep. what they're yes. doing. They're just not yes. doing it for your normal money or power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They have a survival. Specific, a survival, mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, and it brings me back to Thanos for the fact that his overall reasoning for doing this is kind of makes sense. Yes. You know, at the same time. Now in the comics he did all of this for uh, a woman named Death. But um in the film, what they did in the film, uh it was to bring balance to the universe, you know right. what I mean? So, you know, everybody is more or less equal on an equal playing field. We can start from there. Even though how he's going about doing it is wrong, it still makes sense. And this is the same way, you know, we still have bills to pay. Like you said, yeah. uh, we lost our job to COVID, so yeah. we got to find a way. Everything we're trying is not working. Hey, uh, there is this guy that ha- yes. even th- so, like you said, it's humanizing mm-hmm. them that they're having these ideas, these emotions. I- I've been there, mm-hmm. you know. It's like, man, I know so many people that's in this world. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I, mm-hmm. I can kind of no, I'm not gonna do it. You know what I mean? <laughs> I got a job, so it- thank God I got a job <laughs> because yes. it's just like you said. So yeah, yeah I-, I really appreciate the- that you created depth into the character so you both collaborated writing it though right yeah and we definitely we care about different aspects of the story more mm-hmm. uh like i really like the drug dealer that gets behind <laughs> on his payments right because one of the reasons he gets behind on his payments is because there's a pretty girl that keeps asking him for freebies for freebies yeah and he's he doesn't have the ability and i can i identify with this guy mm-hmm. like he he wants to be cool like these these other people that are that are always asking him at the parties, asking him to supply all this stuff, yep. and yep. I, I understand what it's like to be in that situation mm-hmm. where you want the people around you 
uh, to like you. Right. And then that then uh, causes you to sabotage yeah. your own self. Yeah. So that story means a lot to me. Mm-hmm. So that the, the, the couple that I just said had lost their job, and that's when I, that's the one that, Leanne was wanting to, to have an entry point to it, mm-hmm. so so she's taken that the wife in that scenario, right, and has has added all these elements to her that right. then makes her someone that the audience when they see her for the first time will have this person to to cling to. And that's so, okay. I'm sorry, go ahead. One of the things that we considered that you're talking about Thanos is in our own minds, a lot of times we justify the things that we do based on a moral code that we believe in. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that we present in M30Oxy, which is not too dissimilar from two weeks to slow the spread, is we present different ideologies and different, almost different moral codes, but those are developed out of people's experiences in life and what their upbringing was. And although there's a lot of uh, mystery around some of the characters, out, like we don't think of ourselves as heroes or villains or antagonists mm-hmm. or protagonists. We are just trying to, as Wesley said, survive and go through life. Yeah. And so one of the things that I love to do as a writer is I want the viewer to experience something introspectively. And some people view entertainment as entertainment. And there's yeah. a place for that. And I love that. And we do have that. Like, we want to blow stuff up. But, you know. <laughs> um, and, and we do have those fun kind of, like, you know, Wesley is saying, scripting those moments of comedy. Because there is comedy in life. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that I really desire to do as a writer is to have the viewer think and to reflect on maybe some of their own preconceived judgments in life and and maybe see themselves in some of these characters and and see the other side of the story. And with such an ensemble, there's an opportunity for everybody Mm -hmm. to relate to somebody Mm -hmm. and to learn from somebody else. Exactly. It's it's a wonderful script, and I know because I helped write it. (laughs) (laughs) And that's a really good idea. Have you guys seen the movie? I want to say, I think they're lighting fireworks outside. They knew we were having a podcast. Yeah, exactly. There's a reason to party. Yeah, it's a party. It's a celebration. <laughs> Have you guys seen the movie? I think it's called Home Sweet Hell. It has the guy from... I can never remember. It's Patrick Wilson, I want to say. Okay. Patrick Wilson and Heigl. Um, uh, what's her first name? Her, whatever. Her last name is Heigl. Uh, Catherine Heigl, I think. From, from yeah. The girl from Knocked Up. Yeah. Okay. And so it's them two is in it, and he is like... Uh, manager or something at this furniture shop and they he has an affair with one of his employees but he his wife it come to find out the employee lied and said that she was pregnant and so he accidentally kills her and the wife oh. helps him kills her oh. because Wait, she finds she out helps him accidentally kill her well he, that- yeah she actually yeah <laughs> he, to follow that. And, and, and it's like, <laughs> that I, like I haven't seen murder. it in a long time but <laughs> it just made me think about it because it's like they're both in this situation and she's coming along like Okay, we're in this situation, so we need to do something about this. Yeah. Because she's trying to keep her prestige and her name and everything else. So it it kind of reminds, as you're saying this about the the husband and wife situation, it kind of reminds me of that, like where he was in this situation. Now he made this mess, mm-hmm. and now she's trying to fix it, and mm-hmm. she's along with it. So it's same way. It sounds like it's the same with this, where they're in this bind financially, and okay, I don't agree with what we need to do, but. We need to do this to get back to where we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you guys. Situations. Yeah. And yeah. it's a really good movie, too. I don't like to promote Hollywood films, but <laughs> it's a really good movie. So, uh, who approached whom? Okay. So, uh, Leanne auditioned for Two Weeks Old Spread. Those, those of you who have watched it, she had a really good audition for Molly, the uh-huh. sister that shows up and solves all the problems. Okay. But Evander, that's Molly in the film, uh, 
Here's what everybody who auditioned for art and, <laughs> and Molly didn't know is that they're based on real people. Like okay. art is based on my dad. Whoever did the best impression of my dad was going to get it. <laughs> yeah. And whoever did the best impression of my friend Kat was going to uh, get this character Molly. And Evander is exactly like my friend Kat. <laughs> so uh, so the, everybody was fighting this uphill battle. So right. so uh, uh, after it was over, I, when, when Leanne auditioned, I saw her social media. She's got movies where she's... We've got a sword, and she's uh, she's beating people up. Yeah, and, yeah. And so I always had this idea in in Thirty Oxy is I want a female version uh, of I, there are no Silence of the Lambs characters right. with women. Right. There are no Anton Chigurh's from No Country for Old Women. Uh, there is no No Country for Old, old Women. There's, there's, oh. no, there, there's no movie like that. Right, uh, right, right, so right. Uh, so I, I want uh, there's no Dexter. There's no there's no Dexter with uh, with, with a lady with the woman. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, as as I said, these three stories intersect through the main two drug uh, kingpins in the county. It's a male female uh, duo. Right. That is that the gender expectations are flipped. The nice. guy it keeps things calm. He's nice. He's worried about relationships. <laughs> and the lady in this in this duo is the one that 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 lays waste to anything. Right. In so in short, I auditioned for two weeks to slow the spread as the mediator in the cast. Exactly. And he saw a serial killer. So he cast me. So yeah, you know. There's that. So, you know, I was obviously giving off the wrong vibe. Okay, I don't know, is that a good thing or bad thing? It's a good thing because you got the, got the job. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, so then I, so, yeah, and then like, uh, uh, I, I just approached her to be, right. to be the, to consider as the actress for that part. Gotcha. And then like she said, she overwhelmed me with all these ideas. The next day, uh, she actually had sent them to Stephen. Stephen emailed me all these voice messages uh, that were, it, it, and it was like at two o'clock in the morning, and then two thirty, and this then three o'clock. This is not professional. People don't yeah, do that. Yeah, that but, right, right. But, but they were. <laughs> some of those ideas right. made it into the script. Some of them didn't. But a ne- lot of them. But didn't, yeah, okay. Right. But n- n- neither one of those things matter as much as the passion does matter. Right. There was a desire in those messages uh-huh. of that's I want to work with people who want to make something great. Exactly. And so the uh, Leanne has a tremendous career. Like look oh, at absolutely. her IMDb page. Mm-hmm. She doesn't need to be worrying about some film I'm I'm wanting to make a year from now about uh, about opioids. But the passion that she had in those mm-hmm. about, I, mm-hmm. I, I know who this character is. I can play her better than ever. And I, I and she was like, and these other two characters, I know them too. And I can play. So she did at one point wanted to do this where they were triplets separated at birth. And, I'm talking about yeah, some wild ideas. Yeah, they were and then wild they pull off ideas. a massive heist and escape yeah. on a yacht. I okay. mean, there is. And I, they just changed their yeah, hairstyle, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. No, so but, I, I had to talk to her and I said, we, we're going to. We're gonna pull that kind of stuff in, and we're gonna focus good on. Good energy. Good gonna, energy. It's good energy. We're gonna we're gonna pull that in. We're gonna focus on a more realistic drama, right. and we're gonna stay away from the. Uh, I kept using terms like we're not making Die Hard. We're, we're, I said we're, we're not making these these uh, high concept films. Right. We're we're wanting to deal with. These these characters that are real that are living real lives exactly mm-hmm. and so yeah. and, and it, it took it just took a few conversations <laughs> and then boom she's she's right on the same page we're yeah. we're doing things yeah. and it's like so, uh, I would write on it for a while emailed her she'd write on it for a while and then it's so freeing when yes. you're uh, writing a script is very hard mm-hmm. it's, yes. it 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 overwhelms your mind mm-hmm. to know that you can hit save 
send it to somebody and say, don't send it back to me until, until, uh, for 10 days, uh, I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to go fishing. I'm going to go, you know, whatever to just get my mind off of that. that. That's, that's a great feeling. And then when it would come back, there'd be more stuff in it, need more ideas. And so, yeah, it was, it's, I, I suggest everyone collaborate. Oh yeah. But, oh, yeah. I, but I don't suggest you do it unless you establish some rules up front mm-hmm. and rules you know, you make sure yep. that you both are on the same page because if, yep. you, if one of you is trying to write die hard and the other one is trying to write, <laughs> is trying to write <laughs> the English up. patient, <laughs> you're going to have two different movies. Exactly. Right. And you, you got to be able to trust one another. Yep. So yeah. obviously you can tell right off the bat that you guys had that level of trust. Like you said, once you guys figured out where you guys was meeting at, it's like, okay, here's where we're meeting at. So we're good. Yeah, absolutely. And and it didn't end in a plane crash. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I, I've been we there before. We can't afford that. We can't afford that. Kind of <laughs> More money. <laughs> More money. <laughs> Steve, go find us but some money. we will money. take it. We will take it. We will take it. <laughs> now, is this just a feature film though right it's a feature okay that that's what i was wondering so how long did it take you guys to write it uh, i would say we got the first draft out in about 100 days okay and then we just kept tossing that back and forth mm-hmm. uh and then i, I want to say we landed on about the fifth draft is the one that we mm-hmm. that yeah. we started sending to contests right because right. we you know i i really am a big fan of getting to your 100 pages and mm-hmm. even if you know you're gonna have to take some stuff out don't take it out Right. Wait till you get to your hundred because there's something about having that the the number. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you can go and 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 cut some stuff out and put some stuff back in. But right. but it's nice to have something complete when you're when you most people get to that about thirty page uh, mark and then they start going back <laughs> to the, page one and they're like yeah I want to take this okay. out mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden they're down to twenty eight pages and they put and then they th- that to cross over when you're Nobody likes to write that second act. Everybody yeah. loves the first act, mm-hmm. and everybody loves the third, the third act. act. You got to get in there and do that work on that second act. Yeah. Yep. And so about a hundred pages to get to that, and then uh, I'm sorry, about a hundred days to get to that uh, to that point. And then I think you know six or seven months before we really felt like mm-hmm. it was. And, and when we, I wasn't sure that Two Weeks Slow Spread was a good movie when we got it done. When we finished the script for this. You knew. I said, "This is yeah. This is a thoroughbred uh, trying to find its way to the bear." It is. It's dangerous. It's uh, <laughs> it's it's dangerous. But um, no, I think that uh, I I really don't. I just it's a dangerous story. Right. Um, in that it's but very still authentic needs to be told, and real. I mean, dangerous in the in the aspect that I think that there is certain fear and certain hesitations for stories to be told that Mm -hmm. are actually authentic and, and real. And there's a lot of vulnerability in the script as well. Uh, you know, the, um, the men and the women, they have struggles with their, their, their self. Um, but then they're also struggling relationally with those around them. And then there's also the bigger plot struggle of like what's going on in the world. So there's many different conflicts Mm -hmm. that are happening and it is, it's a dangerous script because we do have these ideologies of, um, you know, what is life? Like what, what makes life meaningful? what are we doing to fill the void? Yep. Um, and, uh, and, and that, I think there is a lot of, um, uh, I think what makes the antagonists, uh, scary and what makes it, uh, like, uh, a dangerous script is that you, you have a hard time isolating. What should I be afraid of? Because right. is it that you're afraid of a person mm-hmm. or is it that you're afraid of, um, 
But yeah, yeah I, I get there because sometimes, yeah. like you said, it, is it a person? Or is, are you afraid of failure? Yeah, you're yeah, afraid yeah, of yeah. you know? Are, are you making the right decisions? Because yes, especially if you're yes. married, you know, you're not making a decision just for yourself. Yeah. You know, you're making a decision that's going to affect your partner, your kids. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and things like that. So, yeah, absolutely. I, I totally agree. And mm-hmm. I understand what you're, you were saying. Thanks for following and helping me out there. Yeah, it's kind of like we're writing and I'm like, oh, Wesley, you got to finish this sentence for me. <laughs> <laughs> now, you guys doing a crowdfunding for this, um, correct? Are you guys doing a crowdfunding for this? We are going to do one. We're going to wait until six weeks before we uh, launch. Mm-hmm. We got a few more things we want to do before then. We're getting pre-qualified with State of Kentucky for tax incentives. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. Uh, we're actually going to shoot. Come on, a, Indiana. We're going to shoot oh, a scene uh, with uh, Leanne's going to come to the farm, and we're going to shoot a scene. We probably shouldn't talk about what we're going to shoot. <gasps> yes, yeah, yeah. no spoilers. Yeah. If you yeah, listen yeah, to yeah. the IndieFlex podcast, yeah. you get all oh, the spoilers, yeah. all the sneak peeks. How about this? When we get that done, when we shoot that first scene, we will send it. And you all can share it out on your page. And we'll love and, that. Uh, and, and I got to look at it first. So. Yeah. And so. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I'm special. Let's say. You are. <laughs> uh, I love. I love the. Uh, the the I love episodes of, the, of Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. These two. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and so like they do Breaking this stuff Bad. in that. Uh, that is just. <laughs> when they're. When they're making meth. Or they're. Uh, in, in this season on Better Call Saul. They, they were just packing clothes. Yeah. And, or they were. They were. Uh. This this trophy thing they were they were encasing in lucite. They they love to slow that down any process of anything that you can see, uh-huh. and they like to put like classical music behind it. So it's like they can find the art in anything. Yep. Yes. And so the sh- the scene that we're shooting with Leanne coming up, mm-hmm. we're finding beauty in a very ugly thing. Yes. Right. And right. that's how we're. And keep- that's all we'll say about that's that. That's all we're saying. <laughs> <laughs> We're here with Wesley Mullins and Leanne Johnson talking about M30 Oxy. And so, Leanne, is this your first uh, tackle at screenwriting? It would be, yeah, my first official screenwriting credit. Yeah. Nice. That is really cool. Do you plan on doing more? Yes, I already am. (laughs) Uh, So it's been a fantastic process, honestly. I think Wesley has raised the bar in terms of collaborating um, on scripts. Uh, he One of the things that I think he did that I will also consider in the future if I'm collaborating is he always can, he always mentioned a kitchen sink draft where we're just going to have yep. everything in that yep. draft um, and all those ideas and we mm-hmm. can pull from it, but we have to progress and move forward in terms of the narrative and the story. Right. And so everything always feels accepted Mm -hmm. and you're never at risk of it being cut or lost. It's always in the kitchen sink draft. And I just love that uh, philosophy. I love that philosophy. If you're a director working with actors is to have all those ideas, but we still have a character for you to play. And in an ensemble like this, we need to make sure those characters are defined so we can pull from that, but stay focused. And uh, so I've always been a team player and I really love the fact that I was able to work with somebody so experienced in writing for mm-hmm. um, my first screenplay writing exper- experience. I think he was just an amazing co-writer. That's what's up. That's what's up. And yeah. um, Australian filmmaker Jeff Barlow, I hope I'm pronouncing his name right, Jeff Barlow said that just write. Just mm-hmm. write that kitchen sink yeah. draft. Or yeah. he called it the garbage uh, draft. And just <laughs> write it. Then go in and yeah. make changes, add or take away and stuff like that. But just go ahead and write it. Like you said, don't write the first act and go back and say, ooh, I want to add this, take away this. No. 
forget it. Once you write it, mm-hmm. write it, then just keep going. Mm-hmm. You know, then yeah. edit once you're done. You know what I mean? Yeah. So then you, because once you do that, you're going to be constantly going back and changing stuff. And then mm-hmm. either never get done or it's going to be shorter than what it should should have been. Yeah. Or just not better than what it should have been. But uh, Wesley, you wrote a book as well, right? I wrote a book. It's called Troublesome Creek. Troublesome Creek. And it it, uh, it it actually started out as a, as a screenplay. When I, I lived in California for five years, the job that I work in the real world took me to California for five years. And while I was out there, I got you know I dabbled around. You it's you if, if you go to the library, you meet people that are trying to get into film business, and so mm-hmm. all of a sudden I'm in a screenwriting group and I wrote this script <laughs> called Troublesome Creek, and uh, and it did really well. Uh, got optioned a couple times, and I got some had some really uh, important meetings with people that I just it still it amazes me the people that I was able to contact from that. And so when I thought four different times, I've had people call me and say, we are making troublesome creep. <laughs> Tell all your friends and family members, mm-hmm. we have the money. We're going forward. Right. So you get in, you go tell everybody, Hey, we're making troublesome creek. Hey. And then uh, a few months later, they're like, Oh, uh, creative differences. We, mm-hmm. we've decided mm-hmm. to table that for a while. Right. So one of those times that we were going forward, I quit my job in the real world. And yep. uh, to prepare for the the production that was coming, I mean right. it was it was coming. I quit my job in the real world and I wrote Troublesome Creek as a novel, so that when the movie came out, that was going to have this big cast in it. Mm-hmm. There also would be a book on the bookshelf. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I I thought my career was set at that point, <laughs> and then it didn't happen. And so uh, the book's still out there. It won an Ippy Award, which is the nice. top prize for for books published outside of the, Lega, of the legacy media. I'm very proud of, of Troublesome nice. Creek. And I will say, let me let me talk a little bit about my goals as a storyteller. Mm-hmm. So Troublesome Creek and M30 Oxy both exist in Appalachia, right. the Appalachia that I know. Mm-hmm. And my entire life, uh, as I've watched people try to tell stories about where I'm from, right. they get them wrong. Right. Especially uh, uh, representing older people. Mm-hmm. Uh, LaVon Helm plays coal miner and coal miner's daughter yeah that is the only person i've ever seen in film or television that represents the kind of men that were influential to me when i was growing up right he could be my uncles he could be my grandfathers Mm -hmm. there's a part of him that could be there's a lot like like my like my dad right although my dad is a little bit different than than (laughs) this character that he played in coal miner's daughter is a little simple. My dad was a very complicated man. (laughs) And so, uh, so I just don't see that. Mm -hmm. And so that's what has always been one of my motivations is that I want to tell stories about my culture because New York is not doing it and Hollywood is not doing it. Although they think they are, they're making, they're making justified. They're making dope sick. They're making mm-hmm. these things that they think represent my culture, and they don't. Yep. Mm-hmm. When I was growing up, two the mo- two of the most important filmmakers for me when I was growing up are Spike Lee and John Singleton, mm-hmm. because they came along at this time in the eighties. Again, all my all my movie references that I that I can talk about <laughs> anything past the eighties and nineties. I don't know, know the guys' names that made them. Uh, they looked at the landscape of seventies, you know, black exploitation films and all that, yeah. and they said. They said, screw that, Hollywood. Stop mm-hmm. making movies Stop. Yep. about my culture because you all don't know what you're doing. Exactly. And they both picked the camera up. One of them made Boys in the Hood. Mm-hmm. The other one made Do the Right Thing. They changed filmmaking forever yep. 
because they added authenticity yeah. to their culture. Yeah. And I when when I realized that that's what was happening, I I, I remember thinking, well, why do we still get stuck with Hee Haw? Yeah. And the Beverly Hillbillies. Yeah. And even Dolly Parton makes these films. And TV shows that are positive for the area, mm-hmm. but they don't represent the but people. Still don't, I, it's, yeah. it's not the people that I know. Exactly. And the uh, and so in this film, uh, in M30Oxy, the women characters mm-hmm. are like the cousins that were important to me. Mm-hmm. When I was one of my aunts that were important to me. Uh, Troublesome Creek is more like the guys. Like right. it, the, it's, it's mainly about two men. The women are the more important character. Although I don't know anybody like the character you're playing that's a serial killer. <laughs> oh well. Yeah, I, I, let me get, let me be real clear about that. I don't know. Yeah, she, she, does not, she does not represent the serial killer. Now, in hold on. She does this, not represent Appalachian so women. Is, I better be have, so, in terms of yeah, in terms of Appalachian culture, like and and Wesley, you know, <laughs> scripting that into it. Something that he entrusted to me too was, um, you know, really being able to delve into these uh, female characters and letting me speak through them. Yes, and, that's and very important. I'm glad of, you did. You know, I'm not from the Appalachian region, um, and so it's it's one of those things where it's like, well, I grew up being a woman, you know, I, I so I yeah, have yeah. a female experience. <laughs> so, you know, it is going to be different when mm-hmm. those female the things, the moments that they have the words that they say, um, you know, and I can't be all things, but I do know in my experiences as a woman in this world and having worked so closely with women my entire life is that there is an underrepresentation of truth and there is, there is, uh, goodness in these characters, but there's also badness, evil, darkness. Oh yeah. And so we really do have dynamic female characters in this script. And, um, I'm very proud of that. And, I, and I'm glad you brought that up, uh, how we're misrepresented. Because it's like that in Indiana, too. Mm-hmm. I watch some films, and they'll say, you know, oh, where we're in Indiana and all this corn and stuff like that. <laughs> and, I, and I hate to be cliche by saying this, like the old commercial oh, for old, uh, it was at yeah. Indiana Beach. There's more than corn in Indiana. Yes. You know yes, what I mean? And it yes. pisses me off so much when you're sitting there, and it's like, that's not Indiana. Mm-hmm. That's not, and it's like... Uh-huh. Hollywood, you would you just sent random person yeah. and it's I'm and I'm gonna say this. So I the furthest west I've traveled is Nebraska. Okay. And I don't mean to be disrespectful to people in Nebraska or Iowa, <laughs> but it was the longest and most boringest <laughs> drive I've ever had in my life. Until I drove to Evansville. <laughs> <laughs> I love Indiana. This is my home. But yes, but it's still more than corn in Indiana. That's right. You know what I mean? Yeah. There, there's fantastic filmmakers, obviously fantastic actresses. So many creative artists. And, and creative people yeah. here. And, yeah. it, and it cheeses me off so much when, like you said, that we're misrepresented. You know, we're just some country bumpkins. No. Yes, this is the blue collar. We're, you know, we're yes. the heart of the country, basically. Mm-hmm. This area, Indiana, Kentucky, Ohio, mm-hmm. Illinois, we are the mm-hmm. heart mm-hmm. of the country. But at the same time, it's more than just that. Trust me, however you feel about Indiana, it's worse in <laughs> how West Virginia and Eastern right. Kentucky are depicted in, in yeah. film. And, and and even when 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 they try to... Spent like this dope sick. They tried mm-hmm. to, but it's so condescending. Yes, it it's is. like even exactly. when they, even when Hollywood wants to present the culture in what they consider to be a positive way, mm-hmm. it still robs still people of the humanity. Yeah. It's it, okay. it's uh, Eb, who's in our movie and is one of our producers. Mm-hmm. She said they like to 
excuse the bad choices by by presenting it as ignorant people. Yeah, yeah. We're wanting to say the people in Appalachia are smart people, Mm -hmm. and a whole lot of them just make bad choices. Bad choices, and they 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 choose to be bad people, Mm -hmm. which is different than being uh, somebody too dumb to be able to make the right choices. Exactly. So our so our we got some bad people in our movie, (laughs) but it's because they're bad in the way that Hollywood. Allows other people. They allow Anthony Hopkins to be bad in Silence of the Lambs. Right, right, right. Uh, they just normally don't allow our culture to be bad that way. They just allow them to be bad because they don't know any better. Because they don't know any better. Right. And I apologize, Leanne, because oh. I want to say this. So I wrote this book that's going to be coming out later this year. Oh, Hopefully, okay, I'm going to get yes. it out later this year. Yeah. And uh, in that, I originally was going to make it a film. And I said, no, I'm going to go ahead and make it as a book. And in that, because it's going to what you were saying, in that, I had this dialogue, this certain scene. And my film coach, Nicole Kearney, I presented this to her when it was a script. And I said, what do you think of this and this and the other? She said, I like it, but women don't talk like that. Mm. Mm. So I was like, yeah, but women don't talk like that. Mm. I was like, yeah, but you don't understand. Women don't talk like that. You need to understand women's language. You just can't. And you could tell when you're watching a movie and it's women in the scene, but you could tell it was written by a man. Mm. I mean, it's blatant. It's uh, What's this movie called? Oh, shoot. I, I was just watching a review on it. It was The Kissing Booth. I think it was what it's called. And it looks terrible. It, <laughs> and they made three of them. And it's like, are you freaking kidding me? Um, but it's just, it's written by men, and well, it was written by women, but directed by men, mm-hmm. and so it was like, yeah, you could tell men had everything to do with this. Mm-hmm. And, and, and and on behalf of me, I'm sorry, Leah. <laughs> I'm telling you, I had that scene all jacked up, so I had to go back through it, and hopefully, it's well, better. Well, thank you. And honestly, <laughs> as a as a filmmaker, I think that there needs to be a mutual understanding across the board in terms of writing male characters as a female, like, I had very limited experience in what it was like, you know, in terms right. of growing up as a guy. So I think that... Well, it's easy to write have, us. Yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. So simple, right? But <laughs> in terms of, in terms of, yeah, I understand what you're saying and I definitely know the barriers against, but in terms of approaching it to be productive and to work collaboratively and to be solution-focused, I think as women, we also have to have a mutual respect for our men mm-hmm. and we have to be encouraging towards them and we do want to script intelligent male characters who do have conflicts as well and you know, I can't know everything and it's great to know that I have a plethora of men in the industry that I can trust to ask questions about. And I think that really is not an us versus them as it is, Hey, let's work together. And, um, you know, I think that you have to be solutions focused and you have to, um, you have to contribute to the solution. So I definitely appreciate that. And I am so thankful for, um, the, you know, the opportunities that I have. And I wish that they would have happened sooner for a lot of women in this industry, but the fact that they're happening now and we have a lot of men in our industry who are more than supportive and are being like, you, you, you didn't, I'm not giving you this opportunity. You earned it because you're talented. Right, right, right. And that is, I mean, if I could sum up Wesley in a statement of how many times he's like, Leanne, stop apologizing for having crazy (laughs) ideas. He's like, you are intelligent and you are talented Mm -hmm. and that's why I brought you on board. Exactly. And the benefit is, you can script the women characters like mm-hmm. because you're a woman. So, you're you know, woman. in terms of that, and he does have like very 
and if you've read um, Troublesome Creek, you know that he has that emotional intelligence and awareness about women. Right. So it's great. It's been an awesome collaborative experience. It's available on Amazon. For <laughs> yeah. I was, going to ask you, I was going to ask you, where can we get it? You said Amazon. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. And, and uh, anybody that's in the, uh, in the, in the filmmaking business, uh, Troublesome Creek has been optioned a couple times. You wouldn't believe the number of people who have been attached to it at several times. Uh, so it, and currently it's not optioned and it's not attached to anyone. I think you should just go ahead. You and Steven just go ahead and do it. all three of you guys. It's, it is a little, so, okay, this is a good lesson. Everybody out there that's listening to this independent podcast. When I wrote Troublesome Creek, I thought the only way to make movies was through Hollywood. Right. So there's some yep. big, there yep. are some big scenes in Troublesome Creek. <laughs> That would cost more than the entire budget of M30 Oxy. Lots of explosions. Yeah, so when we started writing M30 Oxy, I, there, there were several times I had to say, Leanne, we are making this on a very small budget. Two, so three. you have to write the story knowing what your budget right, is. Right. So I, I will never be able to make Troublesome Creek because it's just so ambitious. There's, right. there's elk in it. Like, I don't even know how to begin. Like, yeah, it's okay to run the cows. Well, through. you can pretty much get <laughs> the same way you did with that. With the cows. Get the stock footage. Yeah, yeah, that's right. We did the stock footage. Yeah. Stephen will set us up. We're good. Yeah. We got some elk. <laughs> we got some help. We're gonna make sure we get that. I know some people that live up there in uh, Canada. Uh, my man John up here, he'll be able to. Uh... But yes, uh, people that are looking for quality stories that 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 this sounds this two weeks old spread sounds cool. In thirty oxy sounds cool. You all can't have those. But what you can have is is Troublesome Creek is out there. Yes, and it will make a fantastic film. Mm-hmm. Definitely uh, go on and, and, Amazon yeah. Yeah. and mm-hmm. find it. Troublesome Creek. Written by Wesley Mullins, so definitely go out there and get that. So, Wesley, where can fans find you on social media? And do you have a website? I don't have a website. I, I guess I did at one point, but I don't really. I know. But uh, it, it, it's... Yeah. Yeah. I still get bills from GoDaddy.com, yep. but I've yep. not updated it. I need, to, I need to at some point cancel that, I think. Like, oh, my bad. Or, or GeoCities or whatever all those website builders used to be. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so... But, no, people can follow me on... The Facebook or the, Facebook. the Twitter. I'm on both of those <laughs> sites. <laughs> the Facebook. I love that. See, see that's what uh, old people say. You're not old. So don't, <laughs> don't, I, I find myself saying it too. The Facebook or the YouTube. It's like, nice. it's just YouTube. And, oh, and, and by the time this launches, my YouTube channel is going to be hot because we're, we're, this is going to be the one place mm-hmm. to watch Two Weeks Old Spread is going to be on my channel on the YouTube. On the YouTube. And so... <laughs> so at the, it's a thing now. So uh, right. I, I'm, I'm expecting, with every, with all this coordinator, we're gonna, it's going to go through the, through the moon. Not out. to mention everybody that has told their people about it that was at PopCon and everything yeah. else. I'm like, where can I find it? You can find it exclusively on our page. That's right. The, the, <laughs> the, link, the link on the IndieFlix will, will send you to... The YouTube. That's right. The YouTube. And uh, <laughs> Leanne, where can people find you on social media? Uh, Leanne Johnson Actor on Facebook and Leanne Johnson Official on Instagram. I was going to say, don't you have an Instagram as well? I don't. Oh. I think one of these movies might have one. But oh, man. I've been tagging somebody named Wesley. <laughs> no, no. That's not me. <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 wait. You've been tagging somebody with, and they haven't said anything. They haven't said anything. Promos. I got so many friends. There you go. There you go. Oh, wow. And Stephen, where can people find you on on social media? (laughs) On 
I'm too busy thinking, wow, who's getting tagged out there? It's a guy named <laughs> Wesley <laughs> Mullen. Free, free, yeah, so I was, I, was, I was out there recording on this. Oh, forget my coffee. Hold on. Oh, yeah. Got to have my, my go-to. Java. What time it is, man. <laughs> so, yeah, I can be found on, um, my. let's see, the Facebook, uh, <laughs> Stephen Paytech. You're going to see a picture of me and my, uh, my pullover with the hat on, pretty easy to spot. And then my focus is... Also, yeah, Facebook and YouTube. Mm -hmm. um, Facebook, you're going to find me on Three Gins Media, uh, three spelled out, G-I-N-S Media. Um, website is threeginsmedia.com for the time being. We're going to be doing some... The number three G... Uh, three spelled out, so T-H-R-E-E-G-I-N-S Media. And then, yeah, right, I mean, there's a, you know, by the, by the time this launches, I'm taking a look at rebranding as well, so I'll be... I'll be posting about, you know, what, what that new name is going to be and what that entails. And Lord mm -hmm. knows I need to rebrand. Yeah. Man, so, my stuff is all outdated. <laughs> there's going to be some, you know, between us and what, what's coming up next, the next stage is really, there's a lot of big things coming. And we're, the goal between, the goal in here in the Midwest, there's a lot, there's a lot of buzz about, mm -hmm. basically, you know, bringing, bringing the, bringing the industry from West to mid to east exactly uh, you know right now between what we're doing and what i'm doing independently and trying to keep people in the loop is bring that buzz and centralize it and network and i call it you know my my networking mentor first business mentor david gannon mm -hmm. i basically you know i tell people i get a david gannon shit so <laughs> you, can, you can cut that out whatever the case but right. you know i i gotta network the people who want to be networked mm -hmm. bring them together and create the next hub there's a lot of Love that. Indianapolis, yes. Cincinnati, Louisville, mm -hmm. B-hubs. B-hubs want to become A-hubs, yep. but it's really about the principal idea of what is it going to take to connect these people, yeah. where are their interests, right. and who needs to meet who. Exactly. So when I sit down and I reflect on these things, and you know, my next stage, I'm like, okay, how can I, how can I make these people meet? Mm -hmm. And as I, as I bounce these ideas off some of my networking and film and business mentors, we have these, these conversations going, okay. Here's the next thing that needs to happen. Here's the next thing that needs to happen. So it systematically is happening behind the scenes, right? With you know, not just not just folks like myself, but you know, it's putting people in contact with one another yeah. that need to be in contact. That's what we need. In the last couple of weeks, it took a specific trip to Louisville just to get that started, and mm -hmm. the, that traction is is moving. So Good. I don't mean to deviate too far from what the, the original conversation, but just to put that in people's ears, that buzz yeah. is happening. With folks like us. My so. man. And we appreciate that. So we have a segment in our podcast where I'm going to answer. <laughs> <laughs> yep. There we go. We have. We, so here's the book. Yep. All right. I was at, if you guys hadn't heard the story, I, I know mm -hmm. you have, Leanne, but mm -hmm. I've heard it's called 3,000 Questions About Me. And I was at Target and looking for another book, mm -hmm. just a random book. And I found this one. I thought it was a self-help book, but it's not. Look, it's literally random questions. Okay. Wow. 3,000 of them. So, I, I'm going to answer. I can't promise I'm going to be honest. <laughs> if it's an uncomfortable question, I'm going to lie. He's going to lie. Just so you guys just, know. Just so you know. If he stutters a lot. <laughs> you know, the Toastmaster is you use the hard R method. He's going to use the lie part of hard R. <laughs> and the funny thing is, Stephen knows it. <laughs> but he oh, yeah. won't tell. Like, what's the movie? I'll never tell. Yeah. Okay, so the first question, I'm going to ask you two of them. The first question is going to be... Oh, yep. Yeah, I give them two, both of you. Exactly. 
both of y'all gonna ask answer this. The first right up front, left page or right page? Right page. Right page. I'm gonna start with you on the right page. And uh Wesley, yeah. After a long hard day at work or school, what do you like to do? Steve, we can answer that one. <laughs> so in Toastmasters, we call that a referral. All right. So I'm going to refer this over to Steve. Long word day. What do I like to do? See how random they are? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you want me to be honest? Really honest? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, probably pop open a bottle of wine, and I'll sit there, and if not, if I've had a tough day, reflect on the tough day, go over my next day's notes, and listen to uh, Stoic Philosophy. Nice. Pretty much. So, what kind of wine you drink? What's that? What kind of wine you drink? You know, it just kind of depends on the day. But <laughs> most recently, went to Liquor Barn and got the uh, the Red Pack. So okay, we just had. I think it's called Stone Fence. It's a red blend, and I only break. Yeah, you know, I just I left it at home, so my wife's gonna get to enjoy that. <laughs> I, I was kicking myself on it anyway. So yeah, that's what I like to do after hard. <laughs> find uh, Nicole Kearney. She's my film coach. Okay, but find her on social media. She has her own winery now. Oh, so okay. that's really cool. A sip and a sip and share. So mm-hmm. find her. Uh, unfortunately, <clears throat> I hadn't had a chance to taste any, but I hear great things about it. So you should definitely, especially if you really like wine like that, mm-hmm. definitely uh, hook up with her. Wesley, same question. Uh, so I don't. I don't have in the, <laughs> the end of my days. Do not. It, just, it, it doesn't happen. Uh, I work a very challenging job in uh-huh. corporate America, uh, and that job. It's every day is a hard day, right? And then I live on that farm that everyone has seen mm-hmm. in two weeks full spread. That that takes a couple hours of my day every day just to make sure that all the animals are are alive. Oh yeah, running the farm is. And then this stuff that I'm doing in this world, mm-hmm. this uh, that takes up the rest of the time. Right. So that's one of the reasons that I've that I can't talk about movies like Gravity is because I don't have time to watch stuff like that. Uh, I don't have time to uh, to. There's there's several days that from the time that I get up and the time I go to bed, I'm doing one of these three things in my mm-hmm. life: working my job uh, in the real world, uh, working on the farm, and then uh, doing stuff with uh, you know I have a meeting with Stephen or a meeting with Word. Leanne on Zoom that 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 goes late. Yeah. So yep. so yeah. Uh, I look forward to the time that I can actually uh, <laughs> d- d- do these unwinding things that I hear right. other people talk about. Leanne, what about you? I already answered these in the other podcast. Well, you didn't answer this question. (laughs) (laughs) And we're going to get you involved, too. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Okay. After a long day of hard work uh, or school, what do you uh, like to do? Uh, Typically more work. Yeah. Um, I feel like when you're acting, you have breaks, but then when you're producing, your life never stops. So I think that um, I decompress by reading. I think it's important to read. I think it's important Hmm. to allow somebody else to share their ideas. When you're, when you're scripting your own stuff or you're producing your own content or you're acting, you're usually pulling from and drawing from your own experiences or Mm -hmm. you're trying to do something, you know, but when you read somebody else's work, you're receiving and you're listening. And I think that that's important as a human being is to be in a position where you're receiving somebody else's ideas and learning from somebody else. So I really think that reading is a, is a great way to decompress after a busy day. Word. I like that. And not to be cliche, but reading is fundamal. Yeah. And especially reading Troublesome Creek, you know, Troublesome Creek is available on Amazon. And it's available on Amazon. (laughs) (laughs) It just doesn't have to be available on Amazon. And it's not optioned yet. So 
<laughs> those who want to go read it, and you can contact uh, Wesley and get an option. Okay, the <laughs> second question, I'm going to go over here into the back. I'm going to go more Twitter mail. How about that? <laughs> Let's see. I'm going to the other side of the page now. When did you go? When did you last go to the beach? Oh, man. Oh, so so I, I lived in California for five years. Again, mm -hmm. my, my job took me out to San Diego. And uh, as I gave a pitch for Stephen uh, here earlier, I'm going to give a pitch to the city of San Diego. Oh. It is America's finest city. Oh, and uh, even though I've been back in Kentucky six years now, there's a part of me that never left San Diego. Uh, the I, I became a different person out there. Yeah. And uh, that that culture and the lifestyle out there yeah. is infectious, and I brought a part of that home with me. Um, there is a place out there that is fascinating to me. It's called the Children's Beach. Okay. Uh, a very wealthy man about 100 years ago owned a piece of land on the beach, and he had grandchildren. Okay. And so he made this cove specifically for his grandkids because he was worried about how dangerous the, the waves right. were. So yeah. he made a cove, uh, a man-made cove, hmm. that the water would come in gracefully so his right. grandkids, instead so, of crashing waves instead of crashing so his grandkids could come and play there that's what's up and cool. what uh, uh what's this this phrase uh you want to make god laugh uh make a plan or there's some some phrase to that yeah yeah so he yeah. had the perfect plan for this beach for his children mm -hmm. and the seals had a different plan for it <laughs> so while he was uh while he was you know building this out for his children yeah. the seals of san diego said not the navy seals Right, but the, the, the actual, actual seals, they they decided, oh, this guy has built us a us beach, a beach for right. us to go in and have our children on this little beach. Uh, it's safe there. The there's there's, there's no, no wells. So right. So any day on in San Diego at the Children's Beach in La Jolla, you can see dozens of seals. Wow. Uh. Uh. Basking in the sun of this beach that was built specifically for people. This is on. Sorry, I'm, I'm going to go a long way with this. Uh, this was only the first. This this is this was only the first part of the story. Uh, the second part of the story is a whole lot of people <coughs> said, "Hey, seals, you can't do that. This is this a beach is for people." So there was this community of people in San Diego that were like, "Screw the seals! They got to get off our beach!" And they started to fight against the seals. Oh my goodness! And so. Then another group of people within San Diego show up, and they're <laughs> on the seal, the, the seal side. So they're on the beach. <laughs> this beach that was built for peace and harmony, a guy oh. for love for his grandkids, right. right out there. And now people are screaming at each other <laughs> over these seals, whether or not they should be able to have their babies and, and live on this beach. Right. When I was in San Diego, <laughs> my favorite place to go to uh. was the La Jolla Children's Beach. And watch people scream at each other. <laughs> I, it, it, I, I was so satisfied oh, with man. seeing these these people with their signs that I love the seals. You go away, people, and these other people with signs go away, seal lovers. This uh, people are more important than seals. Oh, and Jesus every Christ. day that I was out there, these people are arguing, and I knew wow. that, that was one thing I could count on. No matter what else in the world went wrong, no matter what else I couldn't that that I couldn't predict would happen. Right. I knew if I got up one morning and I went to the children's beach, I could see crazy people screaming at each other, and that that fills me with a certain amount of satisfaction about the world. And and I I, I think they have resolved it. I think uh, there's like a split. Like right. it's almost like uh, parents with their kids on weekends. Right. I, I, think, I think the seals joint custody. I think the they got, the seals are allowed to be there on. Uh, 
uh, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, oh, and then they're not allowed. I don't know what they they've come up with, but yes, the beach, San Diego, the the the, the, the children's beach. Everybody should go there at one point. That's in hilarious. Uh, it's 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 everything about humanity on this planet. Right. <laughs> but either way it go, the seals got what they wanted though. Yeah, they, <laughs> the seals won. <laughs> Did you see this look on Steven's face? <laughs> so, see, when was the last time you uh, got to go to the beach? I am so dumbfounded by what I just heard. <laughs> I'm yes. sitting there thinking, like, we, yes. we are not playing a drinking game, and this came out. <laughs> right, right, right. Just the look on my, like, I, I visualized the look on my dad's face. He's going to be sitting there in his office <laughs> or in the kitchen having some, having some white wine and just listening to this and the same look will be on his face you'll be like what the what f <laughs> this is real what the oh yeah reality is stranger than fiction oh yeah so yes the last time that uh, last time I was at the beach was 2016 it was Greystones Ireland me and my oh. wife were on our uh, we were on our honeymoon and it was April and it was what is called blue flag season where <clears throat> You can't go in the water because the jellyfish are uh, repopulating. Oh, so, and, and well, I don't want to be around the jellyfish mm, anyway. And, and, and I let said, alone oh, the hell with it. You know, I, I don't care. I'm a, I won't. Yeah, no, it's, just, it, it's like this is one of those stories. It's like it, it it start it starts with you know it starts with having too much good Irish consumption. And, 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 and it ends with, I'm wet, and oh my god, did I get stung did by I a get jellyfish? Stung? But I can't feel my legs, so whatever. Let's just keep going. Let's just keep going. Just pee on it. I was yeah. going to say, you got to pee on it. Which, you know, Damn my, my, all the jellyfish! in the back going, are you, are you sure? Are you, are you okay? Yeah, it's cold, but I'm numb. It's good. Let's go. We can go. We're in Ireland. We're in the Let's just do it. Yeah. So, that's last time I went to the beach. 2016 with 2016. the jellyfish. It, and it's ironic because, you know, it, 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 it just throw back into it. It's like... I remember spring 2019. I'm like, you know what? We're going to do summer of 2020. This is what I'm like. Yeah, this is, let's go here and do the yeah, boom. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, and I always reflect back to that. The last time I made a real good to-do list for like the future was in spring of 2019. <laughs> I'm like, here's what sure, I'm going to do. Let's make sure we do better research so you don't get no more giggity time with the uh, jellyfish. Oh, I know, right? <laughs> Leanne, what was the last time you went to the beach? <laughs> words you I'm like is that a real word like I just, I, it, it's I love it okay mine is a is better than all of your stories uh -huh. it was um in Florida July of 2021 thank you oh yes there you go but it was recent it sounds good and safe and, and, and safe right right, right. at least she didn't have no jellyfish uh trying to mate on her leg and stuff like I haven't been to Florida since well, I haven't been to the beach since maybe Eight years ago. So there's there's a different time. Damn. Like it, it's like this is a historical presence time where you're like you know pre and post 2020. Right, 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 right. It's like you just gotta think back in time. Like, <laughs> well, well, the homeboy said as far as back as I can remember. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Wesley, Stephen, Leanne, thank you guys so much for coming and being on our little video show. Appreciate the time you guys took out. Congratulations on all you guys' success with PopCon, your book, and other films, and the writing and everything else. It's just really cool what you guys are doing, not just for Kentucky. Uh, you're in West Lafayette, right? Yeah. West Lafayette, and you're in Kentucky too, right? Yeah. And it's, not, it's just what you guys are doing for the independent industry, period. 
You know what I mean? So thank you from the bottom of my heart. I appreciate you guys. We have four on. actors in M30 Oxy set up that's going to be from Indiana. Yep. So next year when it's out, mm -hmm. Leanne, co-writer, co-producer on the film, four actors. We're going to qualify for all of these Indiana film festivals that yes. as a yes. as an Indiana film. So I, everybody in Indiana, you probably won't take the next year off. <laughs> we're going to sweep all of the Indiana awards next year with M30 Oxy. You, and you better. All and right. you better. And we appreciate it. And we cannot wait to see M30 Oxy. And like, like I said, you know, uh, Two Weeks to Slow to Spread will be available on my Facebook page and Instagram page, on IndieFlix page and IndieFlix Instagram page. Uh, and if you don't want to go there, feel free to go on YouTube. It's called Two Weeks to Slow to Spread, Wesley Mullins. And if you guys have an independent film or know of an independent filmmaker that you'd like to suggest, email us at IndieFlixPodcast at gmail.com. Thanks to you guys. We appreciate you. And we will talk to you guys later. Later.